to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. Now, here is your host. Friends, welcome back. This show is airing March 2020, but it was recorded shortly before Christmas, and it is so timely for the season we are in now. I know that so many people will be affected by the coronavirus and things are uneasy. So I pray that you would just, I hope you would open your heart to this message. It is so timely and I can't wait to hear how you receive it in a time such as this. The crisis that we're facing is unprecedented. There are concerns everywhere. There are um, people who are frustrated with the Lord. There are people who are frustrated with government. And they're just, there's no manual for this. There's no answers. And so we're in the waiting. We're in the wondering. We're in the anxiety of what's to come. That unknown. We're all a little bit uncomfortable with this social distancing. So just know that I'm praying for every person who, at the sound of my voice, can hear this. My friends, family, um, people I've never met across the world. We hear you. The Lord hears us. We are crying out together, and we are in this together, and we will rejoice because we know there is victory. There is victory in the end. I can't wait to share this message with you. I hope you enjoy it. Please let me know how it resonates with you and how um, the guest story resonates with you. Let's get started. Hello friends, welcome to Accidental Hope. I am your host, Jennifer. This is a place where we seek hope and build community after a serious accident or trauma with a faith perspective. We are hope seekers. Let us open our heart and receive the message we have for today. Hello everyone, welcome back to Accidental Hope. We have a special guest today and I hope that you would just open your heart to welcome Jay Louder from Harvest Ministries. Jay is an evangelist and pastor and author and blogger and speaker and podcaster. He really does it all and it's all committed to the Lord. So I pray that you would just open your heart. He is known for sharing truth in tough topics like suffering and mental health. So please welcome Jay, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much. Jay, you know, when we first talked, I could not remember right away what connected us. I remember my friend Shelly sent me screenshots of something that you had wrote or you had said. And I, I just, she said, you know, this is powerful and this reminded me of you. And I found it. I looked it up, what she had sent me. And it was you talking about suffering and why not me instead of saying why me instead of saying why me and staying in that kind of like self-loathing or victim mentality you took that I want to say offensive approach because my husband's a coach right so we do sports all the time you know and you were like why not me and and that was part of what you said um and just how much you still, you know, love the Lord and wanted to talk about that were happening in your life with your daughter and, and, and ministry in an authentic way. And that's what resonated with me. So I just appreciate you and, and being bold in that way because you don't hear it a lot. You know, we don't. Well, I appreciate that. But I've got to be honest and say that um, although there became a time when I said, why not me? So, yeah, I eventually got there. But being honest, there are days I still revert back to, 
why me? Because even though technically it wasn't me, it is me because it's my daughter and whatever affects my daughter obviously affects me as a father. Can you tell us a little bit, just the brief account of what happened with your daughter in case someone isn't familiar with what you guys have endured? Absolutely. Uh, my daughter was, uh, she was 19 years of age when uh, what happened happened. She came home late one night. Um, she played competitive, competitive volleyball. She, a very active person, never been sick uh, to the hospital since the day she was born. Came in one night, mentioned that she'd been out with friends to a steakhouse and could not cross her legs. Had to grab one of her legs and, and maneuvered over the other one. I didn't really think anything of it because she'd been in a very minor four-wheeler accident about a week before. Mm -hmm. uh, she woke up at three o'clock in the morning screaming that... Uh, it felt as though someone had hit her with a hammer all over her body. Mm. Um, again, a very long story short, she was uh, taken to the doctor the next day, then to the emergency room, then admitted to the hospital. Uh, she was in that hospital for three days and then transferred to UT Southwestern because no one could figure out what was wrong with her. And we were there for over two weeks before they, about three weeks before they came up with a diagnosis. I doubt any of your listeners uh, have even heard of it, but a disease, an incurable disease known as Stills disease, S-T-I-L-L-S. It is, to say it's rare is an understatement. Matter of fact, um, even the nurses that were working on my daughter, none of them had ever even heard of it. And UT Southwestern is a big hospital that deals with unknown incurable diseases. And they said that even they may get one case a year. Long and short of it is we lived in, lived in the hospital two hours away from home for right about six months, um, which meant I had to walk away from ministry. I had to walk away from everything, but live in a hospital. Watch my daughter for hours on end, not some days, not most days, every single solitary day, month after month, screaming in pain. Uh, she'd have about three to four bouts a day. They would last for about two hours, hour and a half to two hours in length. And uh, there was no cure. There is no cure. And so, yeah, watching my daughter suffer, my wife suffer, my two boys back home two hours away suffer uh, was certainly waters that we had never tread before. Obviously, a lot involved in that heart damage, liver damage, lung damage. The list goes on and on. But in encapsulating it, that's about what it boiled down to. Mm. And still does boil down to, even today. As a mother who has children with genetic disorders, you feel so isolated, even though you've probably found other people that certainly your church family and people that you trust and love, your inner circle lifted y'all up, but you still kind of feel isolated in the fact that they don't know that specific journey. And there was few resources for you, probably. Yeah, well, I mean, there were a, a few factors that made a very difficult situation even more so. Number one, again, the fact that she has a incurable disease that basically, because it's so rare, there's not a blueprint, there's not a format. Even cancer, if you get cancer, I mean, they have a systematic approach that they utilize. With Stills disease, so few people have ever gotten it that there is no follow A, B, C, D, and it equals E. I mean, they tried medication after medication and nothing would work. And I think for us, one of the most difficult parts was not only the fact of watching her suffer, but because of what I do as a full-time evangelist, I mean, we, we have a worldwide ministry. And so we literally had not hundreds, not thousands, but tens of thousands of people literally all over the world praying for us. Mm. And 
when you have that many people praying for you, <coughs> excuse me, and the situation doesn't get better, but it only gets worse, it makes you begin to question a lot of things that you've always believed. Uh, because, uh, you know, I believe God is a healing God, a forgiving God, a saving God. And I've never known of anyone, quite frankly, anybody that's ever had more people praying for them than our family did. And we weren't even asking for a cure. We were simply asking that the pain would stop. The pain didn't stop. It got worse. And so that was one of the things that really created a lot of the anger, the frustration, and even the animosity of God. Uh, okay. So now I feel a little, let me just be honest with you, overwhelmed by the spirit when you said what you just said. In my situation, um, accidental hope, we, uh, we have serious accidents or trauma. And I think a lot of time in the Christian world, we, we say, well, we prayed like for myself. I prayed for miraculous healing for the man who I hit and that was involved in my accident. I prayed and I said, God, I saw you, you heal my daughters. I saw you work these miracles. I prayed and God, you, you failed me. And I felt the exact same in a different situation. I see how this can resonate with eat. Maybe they don't have an incurable disease or a, you know, horrific accident, but there's places in our life. I call it the Lazarus, you know, where you're just like, you prayed for something. Maybe it was the marriage or, you know, the, the marriage that you felt would be restored or the, the child that you wanted to come home from addiction. And, and it felt what I hear you saying is it almost seemed helpless. How do you find hope and restore the faith and, um, in that, what, helpless situation is there anything well, that you would speak to that yeah i mean honestly um, we live in a colloquialism age you know people make silly statements uh such as i'm with you in spirit such as let go and let god such as uh, jesus my co-pilot all these, these types of statements that that um, quite frankly don't bring any healing whatsoever. They only bring pain. Yeah, and something that seems kind of helpless. You know, yeah. you're going yeah. to what you prior know, and then all those blanket statements, like you were just saying, they feel like they're not helping. They're not giving you any action, any anything to go on. They're just blanket statements. As I was saying, for people mean well, and they say things that don't bring any healing. Um, and the truth of it is, there was an elongated period of time where I couldn't find hope. I felt completely helpless because when you're at a place where the physicians say, we don't know what to do. My, my daughter had literally, she was put on a task force. The 12 most brilliant minds in medicine collaborate via video every day. And when the 12 most brilliant minds in medicine from all over the United States who help solve um, diseases that people don't know the cure or the solutions for, and they don't know what to do. And then you can't rely on the doctors and you feel as though you can't rely on God because you, not only are you praying, but you're having everybody that you know. And in, in our case, it was literally tens of thousands of people and your situation only gets worse. Um, I, I don't have a ABC formula for how to find hope because I went through a season where I didn't have it. I went through a season where I felt like God had failed me. I felt like God did not care. I felt like he had abandoned us. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing for those that are listening 
that have endured things on their own. But for those who are listening that have kids, they understand that when something happens to your kid, it's a completely different scenario than when it happens to you. So I did not know how to find it. I, I tried to find hope in prayer. I tried to find hope in Bible study. I tried to find hope in uh, colleagues and friends, um, pastors, and, and, and for quite a long season was unable to find it. And part of that, I'm sure, is my fault because rather than walking by faith, I was so hurt by what God was allowing to happen to our family mm-hmm. that there was so much static. And then when you watch pain day after day after day, there's just a, a there's a gumbo of emotions, a gumbo of pain, a gumbo of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And like anybody else, I mean, I have certainly been through my fair share of difficulties. We understand that in this life, that's part of living on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. But never had we walked through a storm of this magnitude. Mm-hmm. So there was no immediate answer for hope. Matter of fact, there came a place where I told God that I was going to quit ministry. I told my board of directors I would never preach again. I told uh, my very best friend I would never get up in front of anybody, let alone thousands of people like I do on a regular basis, and tell them what a good, loving God is. Because I felt as though at, at that season, he it was wasn't a, line, a good right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, to, to give a, um, a colloquialism or to give a snapshot reply of how to find hope, I don't have the answer for that. For, for us, hope eventually came in the form of Kaylee's scenario, slowly but gradually improving. It came in the scenario of allowing myself to wade through the anger and the pain and the frustration at God. I think even that was a part of finding hope, was allowing myself to heal, allowing myself to hurt, being open and honest with God about, although he does not owe me anything, the truth of the matter is all of us who are believers feel as though God does owe us something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then eventually it came through um, a season where I was in my closet and I did quit asking why me, why her, and started asking now what. And one day I was reading a, uh, the story. I've read the story many times. I've taught on it of the disciples when they were in the boat and the storm came and the boat began to fill with water and they began to sink. And just like me, initially, they did not ask the Lord for help. He was sleeping in the boat. And they were seasoned fishermen. I'm sure they felt like, hey, we can handle this. We're, we're, we're professional sailors. We've encountered troubled waters before. And then finally, when the boat is about to capsize, they make the statement and say, um, do you not care that we're dying? Well, I related to that because mm-hmm. a lot of times I said to God, you don't care. And, and, and trust me, I'm not, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I mean, I've been preaching for 20 years. I know the Bible pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, and in spite of that, I felt like God didn't care. And, and Jesus' reply to them is really what was the wake-up call for me. Mm-hmm. And Jesus' reply to them was simply this, why don't you believe me? In essence, what he was saying is, is after all that you've seen, I've given sight to the blind, I've given, given hearing to the deaf, I've brought people back to life. I have cast out demons. I've walked on water. And in spite of this, 
-hmm. You still don't believe me. Mm -hmm. And and I, I felt like that the Lord was saying to me, in essence, Jay, for 20 years, I've stood with you. For 20 years, in all the pain and the scenarios and the ditches and the quicksand that you got stuck in, when have I ever failed you? Right. Not once. And yet, in spite of that, you're still doubting who I am, what my intentions are, and what I'm going to do. And so, really, the question that Jesus was asking them was also a statement. It wasn't why, not only why are you not believing, but inherent within that statement is also the statement of saying, what I want you to do is just believe. And at the end of the day, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 6, it is impossible to please God without faith. You can preach to millions of people like I have. You can write books like I have. You can be on CNN and Fox like I have. You can do all these things, but if you don't have faith, you can't please God. And the truth of it is, I didn't have, I had, I didn't lose my faith. I misplaced my faith. Yeah. And the Lord was saying to me, Jay, in spite of the pain, in spite of the lack of understanding, all I'm asking you to do is just trust me. Mm-hmm. Just trust me. Now, again, that didn't mean I walked out of my closet and, 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 and celebration and going, okay, great. I, I now trust you. But it was an understanding of it's time to move past wondering why this happened. Why did you not prevent it? What is going to be the outcome? Is my daughter going to live? Is she going to die? What kind of quality of life will she have? And the Lord just saying, Jay, at the end of the at the at the end of the day, will you simply trust me? Hmm. And I remembered something that's always meant a lot to me is when Jesus was 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 on the cross. All throughout Jesus' life, you always hear him refer to uh, God as my father, Mm -hmm. my father, my father, my father. Well, in Jesus' most crisis moment of his entire 33 years on this planet was the moment when all of the sins of mankind, he wasn't just wearing them, he became them. Yeah. And at that moment, when the Bible says that even his own father turned his back on him, Jesus made this statement. Now, yes, he did say, Why have you forsaken me? But what did he say before that? This is what he said. He said, my God, my God. Now, I don't want you to miss this, and I don't want your listeners to miss this, because I think it's very pivotal. At this crisis moment, yes, he felt forsaken. Why have you abandoned me? Why have you turned your back on me? But notice what he called his father. He said, my God, my God. In other words, what he was saying is, No matter how much pain, no matter how much suffering, no matter that you have turned your back on me, you are still my God. Right. The change in that authority. Yeah. Oh, wow. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so my desire became to be able to say, if at my moment of crucifixion, which is watching my daughter literally on the verge of death, I want to be able to say, You are still my God. Mm. No matter what you take, no matter how much pain you allow, no matter how much understanding I never get, you will still be my God. 
Because at the end of the day, and even so for your listeners, there came a point when, when, when in Jesus' ministry, when there was a plethora of disciples that walked away from Jesus. And Jesus turned to the, 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 the inner 12, and he said, will you also leave? You remember what Peter said? He said, Lord, where else would I go? I got nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is, for my situation, where else can I go? The, the, I can't, the doctors can't fix this. Mm-hmm. No one can. Mm-hmm. And for your listeners, that maybe for them it's the loss of a job. Maybe it's the loss of health. Maybe it's the loss of a spouse, a relationship. I, I don't know what it may be. Maybe it's some tragedy that, again, doesn't make sense. Thought God would never, he would protect me. He wouldn't allow this. At the end of the day, in spite of your anger, which God can handle, your frustration, your letdown, him not living up to your expectations. The reality is, if you're truly a follower of Christ, where else do you have to go? There's only one other option. It's completely abandoning God and becoming filled with anger, resentment, and hatred, which destroys nothing but you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Mm. So good. Yep. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes of yours when I was uh, looking up preparing you said the quickest way to grow old hard and sick is to refuse to forgive yourself or someone else and that includes the circumstance and that was you're right in the point of your surrender you found hope yeah and and, and as i said you know i, I want to be real and say that there are still i'm still healing yeah i'm still healing it's been a year and a half uh, I got a text from my wife 10 minutes before I, I got on this with you. And my wife said, uh, December 5th, my daughter begins uh, injections in her spinal cord for all the fractures from all the steroids she took. I mean, so there are days, I, I don't want your listeners to think that I've reached this place of summited Mount Everest of faith and every day I'm faithful. No, it's not true. There are days that I still struggle. Mm-hmm. There are days, but God has reeled me back into the point of the remembrance of, I want him to be my God regardless. I have nowhere else to go. And I say what the disciples say. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. That concludes our show for today. Be a hope seeker. I pray that you would seek hope and share it with others because something inside of you, the message, the testimony, something that you've experienced, the story of overcoming, someone else needs to hear. Thank you so much for joining, and I hope to have you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Accidental Hope Podcast on the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. This show airs on Wednesday. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. To learn more about this podcast, its network, or the ministry of Blooming Inspired Network, please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and click the podcast link at the top of the page.